welcome to episode one of Meet My Followers. Hi, I'm Kate Dworkin, and today's date is August 5th, 2010, and my guest today is Heather Hurd, at Miss Hurd. Before we get started with today's episode, I'd like to offer a big thank you to this show's sponsor, 140. 140 is the Twitter app store where you can discover more than 3,000 apps that make Twitter more useful for work and play. Need to find something that will help you manage multiple accounts for your major corporate brand? Just sick and tired of your BlackBerry app and want to find something better? Now there's a directory that houses all of these apps. What's more, there are reviews from real Twitter users just like you so you can get honest opinions about how these apps work. Every character counts. Do more with 140. And here's the interview. So as I stated in the open there, I am joined by Miss Her, Heather Her herself. Thank you for coming on the show, Heather. You're welcome. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, again. And, and if you're following my Twitter stream, you see that uh, I completely failed on recording the first time around. I said there were going to be some embarrassing moments. There's going to be some learning curves. There always are in podcasts. I'm just learning once again that uh, double recording is always the way to go. So, um, Heather, I'm going to open this up very generally and just ask, who are you? Okay. Well, um, online, I go by Ms. Her. That's my handle in almost any digital property that you'll find me offline and sometimes online, but mostly offline. Uh, people call me Heather. It's my given name. So, you know, who would have thunk? <laughs> Um, no, so my day job, my, my professional gig is I am a social media strategist for a local, uh, local being Phoenix or Tempe, um, digital marketing agency and evening and weekends, I'm kind of whatever I want to be. I sort of, it's hard to pin me down. Okay. That's, that's, that's. Very ambiguous on the personal side, and that's that's something that uh, I'm definitely interested in. But I'll, I'll table that for now. Let's talk about uh, some of uh, I, I, you and I are, are we've worked in the same space now for a little while, right? We both play, played the role of you know kind of digital strategist and every once in a while content creator for corporations. Um, so you know one of the things that I always love hearing from other people who actually do this for corporate entities is what their thought process is on corporations using social media and, and how that kind of fits together and, and does it fit together. And, and I know that you've got some very interesting thoughts on that. So I'm just going to kind of leave it open-ended and see where you go. Cool. Yeah. So I'm a fan, obviously I wouldn't be in doing social media strategy for an agency. If I wasn't a fan of brands and companies using the platform, I think there are a lot of people who have done it very successfully. Um, Dell, could, you can find case studies online of what Dell has done successfully. You can find, um, I think, Cotton of Cast Cares uh, has done a wonderful job with it. Ford has really embraced it. Um, the companies that we have are working with, they run a little bit of the gamut. Some of them are, like, totally on board, and some are getting their feet wet. In fact, we have one client in particular where we're working on a very, very small project with them on an area of the brand, which is not even really perceived as being a revenue generating area of the brand, but is more of a goodwill generating area. And it, for them, is the test to see how this works in order to determine strategies for rolling it out across their global corporation and product lines. Okay, and, and and I know from our discussions that uh, offline and online, 
that you have some very interesting thoughts about kind of how brands should or shouldn't be looking for metrics. Like, do you, would you care to elaborate on your stance there? Because it's always something that's very interesting and that I learn from a little bit every time I hear it. Metrics are for weenies. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, um, I'm a purist. Uh, I'm a people person. I like relationships. I like the touchy-feely side. And I actually really think that that's where the strongest benefit of social media comes from, whether you're talking about an individual or you're talking about a brand, I do understand the need for marketing initiatives to return um, on investment, that whole ROI thing. But, um, and I say that like my nose scrunches up, but I do understand it because obviously we don't want to be putting resources in something that's not going to yield us some fulfillment in return. Now, whether that fulfillment is monetary most for-profit companies it is. But if you also look at the, the relationship that you can have potential to build with people, that is a different kind of fulfillment. And actually, it's, it's interesting because uh, one of the stereotypes or one of the myths out there is that social media marketing is free. And that the results or the truth of that is it is not even remotely close to free. It is very resource intensive. The platforms, most of them are low or no cost. But it takes time. And if you're doing it right, I firmly believe if you're doing it right as a brand or as the individual who is the front for that brand, it is also emotionally intensive because you are building relationships with customers. You are getting to know them and what they like and what they don't like. And you are, it feels a little bit soft and like, I don't know if a company would sit there and well, why would I want to be friends with my customers? But bottom line, like, I feel if you have meaning to a brand, oh, let me rewind. So one of the things I say and firmly believe is we don't, um, as individuals, we don't build any sort of affection towards inanimate objects. We, they have to have some personality to them. I love my Clifford stuffed big red dog. And yes, in some ways he's an inanimate object, but he represents like parts of my childhood and, there's personality and character and kind of sentiment and emotion there for me. So I connect with him because of that. Sadly, he can't reciprocate, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, woo! Anyway, um, but with, I think corporations and brands sometimes tend to come across um, as inanimate objects because they don't want to connect on an emotional level or a personal level with customers. And that to me doesn't make a lot of sense because Face it, everybody, everybody fucks up. Everybody makes mistakes, right? So if, if you make a mistake and you are a faceless entity to me, I'm pissed. And I really don't, I don't care what you are, what you aren't or what your policies are. All I know is you fucked up and I'm not happy. Yeah. But, you know, I think one of the things that holds true with people is we like people for their qualities. We love them despite their flaws. And that's not to say that a person's going to love a brand, even though once a brand is flawed. Yeah. But if they get to know you at a personal level, they're willing to work with you through things that maybe aren't perfect. And and you build a stronger relationship. And the other thing I like, I, I sort of firmly believe is there's brands I haven't bought from and may never buy from because for whatever reason they don't meet my need but I'm still a fan of them and whenever whenever I find a friend who's like asking or about something or interested in maybe a new purchase or a new they're exploring something new and they need input if I have a connection with a certain brand that I think is a fit 
not because I'm trying to pimp and promote you, Mm -hmm. but because I think that it's something that my friend will truly benefit from, then I'm going to promote you. And so it's a, it's a soft sell. It's a relationship build, but it's the thing that keeps you top of mind and forward. And I like you and I want to see you succeed and I want to see my friend succeed. And when there's a natural fit there, I'm going to put you two together. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I've, I've found that when companies screw up, it's very interesting to watch how they handle it, right? If they send out, you know, the press releases and, and you know, the corporate speak, um, it tends not to do very, very well with consumers. But when you send out an individual, be it the CEO or the, you know, your social media manager or whoever it is, and they legitimately own the problem and say, I'm sorry, it is an amazing thing to watch how other pieces kind of fall into place. Yeah. Um, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, our good buddy uh, Gary Vaynerchuk has said several times that you know he wants companies to screw things up almost on purpose now so that they can humanize the brand by saying I'm sorry. Oh well, and even so, Gary is an individual, and so in some ways, I guess we sort of forgive him a little bit more for having flawed. But the number of times I've heard Gary apologize for offending people, like not because he he's a he's a pushover by any stretch of the imagination, but because he really truly cares yes and that's the difference between a person and a brand if you guys a brand if you don't really truly care then why should i care about you yeah and that and that's and that's huge right and and as you said you know brands are in in my eyes at least inanimate objects and therefore they cannot create affection for you or you know and, and want to help you succeed which is a key part to any kind of relationship, right? Is that you want to grow together. You want to experience things together. And that's, and that's something you can do with inanimate objects, but it's not going to create that lasting relationship that is going to, you know, be the driver for repeat purchases. I want to put aside some of the corporate stuff. Well, I know that's something that, that, you know, you and I live in and that's kind of what we do. Uh, That's not the, the real fun and interesting stuff. And the stuff that, uh, that um, I have a a guilty pleasure with, um, So, you know, I would love to to hear a little bit about your alter ego that lives on Twitter and in the online space. You know, my alter ego loves you too, by the way. Guilty pleasure. All right. (laughs) So, um, yeah, uh, guilty, guilty pleasures, right? I'm a bit of a flirt and I always, I always have them. And I have had the opportunity to sort of take this aspect of myself and, uh, Give her her own personality. Um, I just, I don't know. It's interesting because I've been someone who I'm aware that I affect how people interact with me based on what I put out there. So there's a bit of perception management. And that's not to say I'm scandalous by any stretch of the imagination. But I also know that what I say online affects how people, um, how they perceive me or how they view me. And and I want to be taken seriously, but I also want to have lots of fun. So, so what's, what's her name? Her name is Merciless Flirt. Okay. And, 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 and kind of give us some backstory on kind of how this all started. I mean, you kind of have said that, you know, you're flirtatious and you wanted to use these platforms for, you know, a little bit of fun. But there's, there's got to be a little more there. Well, yeah. So, gosh, two years ago? No. Okay. Just about. Just about. So January 08, oh my gosh, that is more than two years ago, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> January 08, I was just sort of getting immersed in the local Phoenix tech community, and I was kind of out and about, and I flirt in person, and that's not uncommon, but I hadn't really taken that flirting online, and there was one particular tweet uh, 
that I did that and kind of took this whole notion and purposely injected the notion of flexibility into a gentleman's head. And of course, knowing exactly where he'd take it. And so conversations that erupted from that, both online, mostly offline though, were there's this aspect of you. Why don't you give her her own, her own platform? Because she could really, you could have a lot of fun with this, this alter personality. So, um, coincidentally, uh, Later in the year, I found myself unemployed, and so I decided to kind of take the take my my guilty pleasure of flirting and this advice that I'd had from others to give her her own online presence, and really just springboard that. And so the idea was to kind of was to create a blog for starters and document like tips on how to be a merciless flirt, and then also record like these maybe scandalous or questionable conversations that I'd had with people or even just playful banter back and forth. And what's funny is I like to take things out of context and totally put a flirtatious spin on them or a scandalous spin on them. Um, so I started this blog and then also a Twitter personality associated with it in order to, one, give this side of myself free reign without having to, without having to temper, actually. And then also... It was experimental. What part of me, or like, what could I do to drive traffic and build a brand and using social media channels? So it was a nice little experiment for me. Sure. I, I mean, I uh, having been both the victim and subject of several of Merciless Flirt's overheards and other things like that, it's always interesting to see how she takes these very interesting con conversations, right, that are completely relevant, but, you know, the the random misspoken word or the even mispronounced word and mm -hmm. having that kind of now taken completely out of context and then thrown up onto her Twitter feed or every once in a while, uh, you know, becomes the, the starting point for a blog post. So it's, it's a very interesting and very fun kind of, uh, character that, that is out there in the Twitterverse, out there on the, on the online worlds. And, uh, it, it's something that I enjoy a whole heck of a lot. And, and I wish more people would, you know, take note of what you're doing there, because I think that it is very interesting that you're letting this alter ego come out and play a little bit. Yeah. Well, what's interesting about that too, is like, she comes and goes, right. And I, I might've said that already, but she, she is, she's very susceptible to my moods. I don't, I, I find it very hard to flirt on command. And so I just, I do it when I am caught up in the moment, which, you know, I guess we all do it when we're caught up in the moment. Right. So the notion is online. If I see something that's fun and that I can have, I can, I can play with or twist. I will totally do that. Now I've tried since I've never been very private that I am merciless flirt and merciless flirt is me that there, that she comes from me. Sure. Um, but what I found is sometimes people would see that and they think that I flirt on command and that is so not the case. And it's very, very hard to do that. In fact, there was probably only, um, I'm very much someone who likes to engage both online and offline with the same people. I think it just yields a deeper relationship. Mm -hmm. So the same is true with Merciless Flirt, right? She's, she comes out online, she comes out offline as well. But I did try at one point in time to sort of live this character for a few days. And I went to the LA character conference, uh, sorry, 
we're mixing up my words here. I went to the 140 character conference that's put on by Jeff Pulver. I went to the LA one that happened in October of last year, and I went as a character, Merciless Flirt. And what I found is it was very, very challenging for me to be in that persona the whole time because ultimately it kind of means I have to put Ms. Her or all the other aspects of Ms. Her to the side. And when I'm engaging with a bunch of people that I've never met before, it's I want to be taken as Ms. Her. I don't necessarily want to be taken as Merciless Flirt. I want you to know that side of me exists. But she's not all of who I am. And so I found myself constantly fighting with this fact that my alter ego, it's kind of like, you know, a superhero. Not that flirting is a superpower by any stretch of the imagination. Some might say it is. <laughs> well, you know. I try to be humble here. Come on, Cage. You're just going to keep this fly on the radar. <laughs> no, no. The entire idea is to hold you up and, and make you and make other people take note of the things that you're doing. And doing very well, might I add. <laughs> Thank you. No, I just, um, it's, it was challenging for me to just always put her first um, and, and leave the rest of me aside. So I've decided that I, I can't ever do that. I can definitely give her own persona, but I'm never, ever going to shy away from the fact that we are, it's kind of like a rectangle is a square. Sorry, a square is a rectangle, but a rectangle is not a square. Sure. That same sort of thing occurs with me and Merciless Flirt. Merciless Flirt is me, but I am not exclusively Merciless Flirt. Yeah, very. She's, she's fun nonetheless. Oh, absolutely she is. So, uh, I mean, you know, one of the major driving factors for me in bringing this show, you know, out, right, investing the hours and, and the time that I, I have already and, and will continue to do so is that I, I want to point out the people who are – you know, awesome people who happen to just be on Twitter as well. And I know that that's something that, that you have a passion for where you bring the online offline. And uh, so who are the people on Twitter who you absolutely are just, you love seeing their tweets and love interacting with them on the platform? Um, so right off the bat, we've, we've chatted about uh, Jason bear. He goes by J bear on Twitter, but um fascinating guy and it's uh, interesting because I my relationship with him on Twitter is more of I receive um we do have conversations back and forth but Jay is just freaking brilliant in this area yep. he's probably got one of the best balances between understanding social media as a personal platform in that purest same purest feel that I take to it and also truly understanding like the marketing, ROI, professional side of it. And so it's amazing. I read his blog. I, Whenever he's around and there's a meetup, I know he's going to be at. Whenever he's speaking, like hands down, I'm going to go because I'm a fan. And so I think he's a brilliant person that people should interact with. Sure. I mean, let me jump in here real quick and say that Jay, Jay's blog is convinceandconvert.com. Um, and he also will be a guest at the end of the month on this show. So it's exciting to have him come on. But didn't mean to jump in there. I did want people to find his blog and, 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 and uh, you know, maybe create a little bit of interest about uh, having him on. So who else is out there that, that you're really paying attention to and, and, and you love seeing their tweets? Um, so someone else now that I really enjoy, again, I think I've mentioned this before, but I – there's a lot of people that I follow that I follow simply because I'm their friends or, or they're my friend. I consider them a friend. And 
it's weird because I'm, I'm about to say, well, I don't care what it is that they have to say, and I, but I do care, but I care mostly because they're my friend, and which is different than I care because they're putting out very, you know, highly important information that I just have to have. Um, but it's, I want to know when they've had a good day or a bad day. Um, but so there's another guy, he's again, a friend of mine. We've actually worked together. And I remember when I first started Twitter and we sat down and I was like telling him about it and he's one of those people that was like, I don't get it. Like, why would I care what someone has for lunch kind of deal? Right. That's always the excuse. What does have, why do I care what someone has for lunch? Mm -hmm. And so we were chatting about it. He never really got into it. And then slowly he decided to creep on. Let me see what this is all about. And it's, incredible watching him because not well he's funny he's got this great sense of humor he's kind of cutting in it sometimes but he also um he's also politically involved and interested and so like he worked on uh obama's campaign he wasn't involved in the digital side but Mm -hmm. like took off from work and just followed the campaign was part of all of that for a while crazy awesome to see friends do something like that Mm -hmm. and then since he's come back, he's stayed involved and he got involved with organizing for America. And what's been, and what's his, what's his Twitter handle? Like, let's throw that out there. Yeah. Sorry. I'm like bad at this. I think people already know who I'm talking about. Right. Yeah. Uh, Smarty nine. So smarty, I guess smarty with an I and nine. Um, he, so now he's with organizing for America, but what's funny about this is like, this is his, his job is digital media for and and new media for OFA. So this guy who kind of was like, I don't know, Heather, you're kind of weird. You're a nerd into some funny stuff, but whatever, you know, I kind of like you anyway. Mm-hmm. And now he's doing what I'm doing, except for just doing it for one organization. And so it's been amazing to watch this transformation of someone really adopt Twitter and other platforms as well. Yeah, I mean, it's very interesting because, you know, it's a small time investment every time you check the tweets on somebody. But the value that I know that you and I get out of this because we see a lot of this the same is that, um, you know, you constantly kind of can see that progression and growth. And you can and because you care about these people, you do want to know. So, you know, and, and it's very interesting to be able to watch that and watch the platform, which isn't intended solely for that to be misused or appropriated by us for exactly that purpose. Certainly. Well, uh, Heather, thank you again for sitting right back down once I screwed up the first recording. Um, thank you for uh, you know jumping on here and 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 when I asked you to be the first guest, saying an emphatic yes, it, it means the world to me. Um, I, I you know I love you as a friend and you're somebody who I respect as a as a peer in this space. Um, so you know, thank you again and uh, you know what, guys, go out there and have a great day and follow Miss Her and Merciless Flirt. Well, hold on. Let me just say, like, so thank you, hands down, super, super honored that you invited me to be on this because I think it's a, you know, we've been, you know, riffing on this a little bit offline too, but I do think it's such a phenomenal thing that you're doing here. And I think it's got amazing legs and, you know, sexy legs. And (laughs) (laughs) just had to throw that out there. Um, I know. I just, it's super exciting. And so I can't wait to see where this goes. I, I, I'm excited by the initial kind of reaction that I've gotten from people I've received from people on this. It's interesting to see people get an idea in under 140 characters and immediately get exactly why it's relevant. 
So it's going to be very interesting to see how this grows, and, and uh, hopefully I can look back and giggle about this as being a horrible episode one in every way that it should be because I'll become a better interviewer and, and, and the, the platforms will get more interactive. But uh, I, I, I have no doubt that uh, at, at the appropriate time that you will be back in the saddle and uh, we, will, we will have another conversation here on Meet My Followers. I'll always be happy to be in your saddle. <laughs> Oh, my. <laughs> wow. And, and go out there, guys, and have a great day. <laughs> See you later. Bye.